Hello there. Houston, we have a problem. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Silent breed is FIFA! E.T. Get away from her, you bitch! Engage! All right, welcome to episode three of our amazing, if we may say so ourselves, Forces Behind Science Fiction podcast. I'm Scott Cronick, your host. Uh, for a Doctor Who-centric version, uh, we are going to talk about the legendary sci-fi show that is known from uh, the BBC. When I was a little kid, I used to watch it on, of course, probably what most people in America watched it on, or whatever their local PBS channel was, right? So that's where I saw Doctor Who. My neighbors were obsessed with it. Me, not so much. Uh, but however, we do have some people who know a whole lot more about Doctor Who than I do. Uh, later on in the show, we'll tell you about things that we think you should watch or avoid. Uh, and then who knows what will come up in these crazy podcasts. But uh, we are here for episode three and so glad that you are here with us. So uh, Anthony uh, is with us. Anthony Goud, how are you? How are you? I'm looking forward to this episode. Doctor Who is, a, is, is in the news lately and uh, my son is watching the show. I'm watching the show with him. It's a good family activity. And when I was younger, I got to say, I, I found it very boring. But as I got older, I've learned that I was missing out. Me and you both, buddy. And that's kind of why I think I didn't watch it. Uh, Dexter is with us. Dexter uh, knows about as much of Doctor Who as I do. <laughs> uh, yes, I am not a, a Whovian. What do you call them? Whovians? I'm not a Whovian. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing this with everybody. And, uh, and, and Mr. Andrew, who happens to be a huge Doctor Who fan. Absolutely. And that's why I think that part of podcast, right, of any podcast, um, even if it's your own, is to maybe learn something along the way. And uh, today I'm hoping, A, to learn more about Doctor Who, but also B, to figure out, is it worth me going back and watching uh, all the Doctor Whos or do I reset, maybe only watch some of the Doctor Whos or do I just not watch Doctor Who at all? So uh, I'm going to now lead into who will kind of be our quasi host today. Uh, Andrew, he is, uh, he is our most accomplished Doctor Who fan. Andrew, you uh, you could tell us, uh, A, a little bit about who Doctor Who is and uh, and why and how you got sucked into the Whoiverse Who or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, man, I love Doctor Who so much. Uh, so at the time of uh, this recording, uh, only the first episode of the 60th anniversary uh, specials has come out. It was a family event for us. Had the wife and the kids here, and uh, it was absolutely fantastic. For those of you uh, who don't know, Doctor Who is a time traveler from the planet Gallifrey. Um, he stole his machine, which is called a TARDIS. It stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space. And he has used that to travel throughout all time and space, but for some reason uh, seems to be drawn to whatever the modern era of london is uh where a lot of the uh episodes will take place so uh, uh so so when did doctor who start for you was it as a kid and have you watched like all of the doctor who's uh andrew oh absolutely i've gone back and i've seen everything back uh to when it first premiered in 1963 uh like probably everybody else on this podcast and probably a lot of people who are of a certain age who are listening right now. It all began with the fourth doctor, Tom Baker, who uh, was the doctor for, was it seven years? I think uh, back in the 1970s, he was the tall guy with the hat, the curly hair and the scarf that was 30 some feet long. <laughs> um, and it, it, doctor who for uh, I think many of us 
was a show that we discovered accidentally, especially those of us who tend to be more, uh, tend to like the more geeky, nerdy type things. Uh, You would watch Saturday morning cartoons. Sometimes you would go over to Channel 29 and watch the Godzilla movie. Sometimes you would go over to Channel 48, watch Kung Fu Theater. But one thing you could always guarantee was on was on your local PBS channels. We had two in this area. Doctor Who would be on, and it would be on for hours. Because when PBS brought Doctor Who uh, to the U.S. from the U.K., they took the continuing half-hour episodes that were shown once a week and stitched them all together into giant movies. And if you were just hungry for any kind of science fiction offbeat content, Doctor Who had had your back. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, you know, that's probably how I know uh, the doctor that, you know, that I grew up with, or at, at least I'm familiar with is, is Tom Baker. And I found him to be charming and funny, you know, and I guess that was probably how a lot of people got sucked in. Right, uh, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. Tom Baker, uh, there was just something about that character. Um, his interaction with his companions that travel with him, his uh, attitude towards the villains, not so much that he was ever afraid of them or anything like that, but it's just like, oh, you know, they're just kind of bothering him. And now he's got to work this through that sort of thing is really made uh, Tom Baker appealing. So for those that don't know, so he, even though uh, he takes all these different forms, it's the same guy or it's the same alien or whatever. Inside, and, he, and he's basically able to to go into different bodies. I don't, how does that work? So this were, was an amazing uh, cost saving measure from the BBC Uh, when the original actor, William Hartnell, who played the first doctor uh, became too old to continue to play the role. They decided that uh, time Lords from the planet Gallifrey had this certain gift of regeneration where they would essentially die, but be reborn with the same memories, although it altered look and altered personality and the, they would be played by a different actor. So that was how William Hartnell was able to exit the show. And Patrick Troughton, as the second doctor, was able to come on uh, without there being too much fuss that, oh, this is a completely different guy playing him. It's like, well, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. So is there a uh, a premise like of, of that that Doctor Who is supposed to do what? Like, is, is he just like a a time traveler who is trying to save different, you know, you know, is, is he a superhero, but a sci-fi superhero? Like, what what's his purpose? Well, that's the thing is that there really he really doesn't have much of a purpose. Uh, like I said, the premise of the story was that he was kind of a renegade with his own people. So he stole the time machine and basically has just run away from home and has been running ever since. Uh, He's not running away from anything in particular, but he just kind of happens about the universe, picks up people along the way, and things tend to uh, happen around him, and he always feels the need to intervene for good. Um, All right. Uh, Anthony, uh, and before we get into the new series and all that stuff, how about you, Anthony? uh, how, How deep are you into the Doctor Who world? I'm not. I mean, I started watching it again. Uh, I worked out of my house back in 2000. I mean, I, I pretty much always have, but in 2005, uh, I forget what network, what network carried it, Andrew, in 2005 when they started up again. Was it sci- oh, in 2005? I think it was, I'm not sure. I think it was sci-fi. 
yeah so i started watching them out of curiosity only it it the early shows growing up i tried watching it it bored me and i i love brands i am a part of my job has always been creating and developing brands for others um and doctor who was one of those brands that i just wanted to give it a try again and when um eccleston came out as the what was he the ninth doctor yes um he was just endearing and i thought well this is a a show that's really goofier than i thought it was the aliens are just dumb the cg's not that great but there's something endearing about it um and as my son just recently started watching the same episodes within a, a week or two ago um he said the same things I do. That you know, the CG is horrible. The creatures are stupid, but there's something about this show that's just fun. And one of the great things about Eccleston is he can be goofy and have this charming smile. And but when he turns on the serious drama, it gets real. Yes. And, and well, that's it really thing. Gets Eccleston can be funny. He can be endearing, like you said, but he could also be brutal. But most importantly. His character, his run at the Doctor, he is haunted because what we find out by the time his character comes around is that he is the last survivor of a great time war that erupted across the universe. Uh, his people versus their main enemy called the Daleks. And what he found was the only way to keep the universe from being torn apart was to basically eliminate both sides, including all of his own people. We find that out later on in the season but that's the thing like the music in the show he'll he'll be funny and goofy one second but all of a sudden he'll have this far away look and you can see that this is a man haunted by the choices he had to make yeah the actor yeah. pulls yeah. the actor pulls it off so well uh when he gets serious it just becomes the best of uh, the best drama you've ever seen Wow, no kidding, De Dexter. Uh, how how little have you of Doctor Who have you seen? I, yeah. I mean, I'm limited to like maybe solo episodes here and there that I used to watch that I when I was a kid. And I did watch uh, one of the movies from like the, the '60s, I believe it was uh, Peter Cushing. I think was in it, if I'm not mistaken. Oh uh, yeah, and and uh, that which I actually really enjoyed that. Uh, and then an episode here, an episode there that I may have seen, but I really am I'm pretty clueless about the whole thing. Where are you at, Dexter? Well, yeah, I'm curious, uh, guys, about uh, the music because. Do they still use the opening title music in all? Yeah, right? yeah they, they, variations on it, uh, and it's changed a little bit uh, across every season. But yeah, essentially the same music. Because that was one of the, the, the reasons that caught well, caught my eye and in, in ear, if you will, was was that that opening title sequence with that music. I, it always interested me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a, the music was always the best part of it. Um, uh, so, so Dexter, you've seen a little, about as much as I have. It sounds like. Yeah, but you know what? It's, I mean, since it's because it's been out since what? What was the original? Six sixty four. Sixty three. Yeah. Three. I mean, ever since sixty three till now. I mean, it's still going on. It, it's 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 kind of weird how it's kind of part of my life, even though I don't don't really watch it. And Andrew, one of, how long was it off the air for? Because I know in two thousand five it came back. When did it end? Well, it uh, it went from 63 to 89, and then there was a TV movie that they were going to try to use as a pilot in 1996 and that was actually produced and filmed in the United States, uh, but it never took off beyond that TV movie. Um, it did feature 
the last person to play the seventh doctor regenerating into the eighth doctor. And even though that 90, 1996 TV movie stands alone, the actor who played the doctor in that movie has actually played the doctor the most thanks to the radio or the uh, audio adventures uh, published by Big Finish, uh, which is a company that produces all kinds of Doctor Who adventures featuring all the previous actors. Uh, that guy who had that one-off TV movie has ended up playing the Doctor more than anyone as a result of that. And so, then it came back for good in 2005. So has so have there like any series that's been on for 50 years at this point? Are there the are there the highs and the lows of Doctor Who? Are there seasons that are unwatchable or have has it Oh been my God! Well, you know what? Uh, I think everybody would agree with me uh, that maybe has watched the new Doctor Who and has watched the old Doctor Who, that the new Doctor Who has made the older Doctor Who difficult to watch uh, <laughs> from anything more than a pure nostalgia level. And that is really the reason why I'll watch the old Doctor Who is just to feel like I'm six, seven, eight years old again. But um, it it doesn't even, uh, you know, I, I there was a time where I would have said, oh, uh, Tom Baker's tenure as the fourth doctor was the ultimate high in Doctor Who. But now you watch this stuff with David Tennant and Matt Smith and everything, and it's just like uh there's there's no comparison anymore. Yeah, the well, emotional was, range of the old one was very, very static, right? They, they weren't really trying to tell emotional stories as they were. It's almost like like I wouldn't even call them radio plays. They're it, it, just, it's, it's very difficult to watch it is and even though i wanted to watch them andrew i tried watching a few of them a couple of weeks ago it's hard to get yeah there. yeah that, well especially now is that the same matt smith that's in the crown and the house of the dragon yes yeah oh, he matt oh, smith played uh the 11th doctor and oh, I really Terminator. Like, like him and i think he's a really good actor he uh particularly uh, uh in uh, house of the dragon he's awesome in that Oh, uh, he was amazing in Doctor Who. Oh wow! So this is one of the most British shows ever made. That's the one thing that that, that my son loves about it. It is a, it is more British than any other show. Maybe even more British than James Bond. More British British than Monty Python. It's pretty British. <laughs> uh, Monty Python's pretty British. Benny Hill's pretty British. But okay, I get it. I it is definitely very British. I agree. It's dry. It's uh, it's slow. It's uh, it's smart, right? It's it's all the things. Uh, it's very British. I, I uh, the, from the little I've seen, hundred percent. All right. So let me ask. So so when you say it's harder to watch the older ones, is that because of technology? And and uh, you know, I mean, because listen, it's almost like our last podcast about Godzilla, right? There's something about the clunkiness of the Godzilla in a suit. There's Something about a Dalek uh, that was uh, uh, something inside, kind of like an R two D two thing uh, inside right. Dalek outfits. So, so is it technology, or is it just that it becomes more edgy, more interesting, better writing, or, or all of the above? Well, you know what, I can't fault some of the uh, some of the writing back then because uh, there were uh, episodes that were written by uh, none other than Douglas Adams, who most people know for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and you know, Douglas Adams' uh, unique take on science fiction, uh, his unique take on humor and everything, those things definitely uh, shine through in some of the episodes in the uh, late 70s. And, and, and you know that you're watching something that was written by Douglas Adams. Uh, but the pacing has just completely changed. Um, you got to remember that Doctor Who 
for decades was a show that had to be filmed as cheaply as possible, which is where the whole concept of the TARDIS came from, his time machine. The fact that they could not afford to show a big interior or a giant spaceship and these landing sequences and takeoff sequences. So it was a blue box that just appeared and disappeared wherever they wanted to put it that was bigger on the inside. Um, but yeah, the pacing has changed so much from the early episodes to today's episodes. And I could say that most people who discovered Doctor Who from the 2005 series uh, probably would not be able to go back and watch the classic show. There's a certain amount of like speechifying done in the older shows. It's a great a little bit. If you, like, fall asleep, if you want to fall asleep, it's great to have in the background, right? But it, I think it part <laughs> of it is that just the, the times have changed. Like if you go back and watch the original Star Wars, younger people before it was re-edited, even with the re-editing, it's it's a much different pace, like Andrew said. It's exactly it's a slower pace. Anthony, your my Anthony, your microphone is is weird right now. Uh, it's it's uh, kind of it's kind of. Uh, Anyway, see if you whatever you if you're doing something different, stop it. Um, uh, so so let's talk a little bit about. Uh, so I'm sure something Dexter and I want to know. Uh, we don't watch this. We don't know anything about it. Uh, like you said, it's hard for us to go probably go back and watch those originals. So where do we jump on? Anthony suggested I jump on at 2005. And and w will a guy that knows nothing about this uh, and doesn't have any history with it, like Dexter and I, will will we like it? Uh, absolutely. 2005 is the perfect jumping on point. And there is very little that you need to know going into it beyond what I've already said in this podcast. He's an alien, travels through space and time, changes his face when he dies. And that's pretty much it. All of his main villains from the classic show that become reintroduced, they introduce them or reintroduce them in a way uh, that it's you don't need to know anything previous to it i mean there's little easter eggs for those of us uh who are 50 years old now and have been watching it forever um but but you don't need to have all that history behind you to be able to enjoy the new version of the show now i will say with uh the 2005 doctor who with christopher eccleston uh the writing's a little corny uh it's very british the cgi is a little rough some of the first monsters that they encounter are kind of silly. Uh, but once you get like a few episodes in, like five, six episodes in, you will be invested. You just you just kind of have to plow through the first few episodes. So I so think, yeah, that's, so for us to catch up, you know, you're talking about, uh, I don't know, are there, since 2005, there's got to be, what, 10 seasons or so? Uh, maybe, you know, that's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a, it's a, it's an investment, Dexter. Are you willing yeah. to, uh, are you willing to invest? Are you, are, are you willing to try to do this? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it, I'll get some episodes from shot. I mean, I, I love some of the actors in it. Like, I was curious though, Drew, like, do they ever show the, 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 the true self of the, the doctor or is he always just humanoid form? Like, you just to... always humanoid uh traditionally has been white males uh the last incarnation of the doctor was actually female played mm -hmm. by the absolutely brilliant jody whittaker who i think got a bad rap she's such a fantastic actress and she was great as the doctor but uh unfortunately she was plagued by poor writing and poor show running uh the la the last showrunner uh chris chibnall I personally, I feel like he ran the show into the ground, which is where it brings us to our the new point with the return of David Tennant, where they're trying to get that viewership back. 
I yeah, see. so I was going to say, so for Dexter and I, if we jump in on 2005, how, how many clunker seasons are we going to encounter? Well, like I said, um, every season has a couple episodes that are a slog to get through. But most of the episodes every season are like your favorite films where you will end up and going back to watch them again and again and again, especially some of the two-parters. The writing is just that good. Because because my my uh, my interest is 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 probably a little childhood like in the sense that you know I grew up in Scranton Pennsylvania and I was an only child uh, and in the back uh, so there was an alley that separated me and my neighbors and uh, in that house behind directly behind me was a family of they had eight children all brothers. Um, so there was always an immediate football game or a wiffle ball game, uh, to be had. So they would come to my house to watch prism when it was wrestling, uh, uh night, uh, and they would always have Dr. Who night, which I would sometimes go to, but not really, but I'll never forget. It was 1982 or 1983. I was 11 or 12 years old. And they said, Scott, once you, there was this big thing, the five doctors, I think it was, uh, oh, yes. Was it a movie, right? The Doctor Who and the Five Doctors, I think it was. Yes. They said this is this was like the Super Bowl to them. I'll, I'll never forget. Like there was like the you know the pizza was ordered. There was it was like a I'm telling you it was a big deal. It was an and, event. Yeah. <laughs> and I was excited as 11, 12 years old. I was finally gonna get it. I was, and and I got to be honest with you, I was just lost. I was like you know I was just lost, baby. I didn't know who anybody was. It was hard. You know I thought it was. I think the Daleks were in that. I thought you know I thought they were. You know now you're this is post Star Wars at this point, so they look ridiculous at this point. Yes. So there was, was a lot you needed to know to go into the five doctors. And yeah. the, the the greatest thing about the five doctors is that it was poorly named because one of them didn't really come back. Uh, <laughs> what they ended up doing was like all the, the five guys that ended up playing Doctor Who, they had the current one, they had the first three, but Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, did not come back. So they had scenes from an episode that they started filming but never finished that they just kind of wove into the beginning of the movie and uh but tom baker never actually showed up with the rest oh, of them. and he and was the one everyone wanted to see exactly exactly it was such a disappointment it, oh, as a matter of fact the promotional pictures the promotional photos that they took for the five doctors it was the four doctors that were in the movie and the wax dummy of Tom Baker from Madame Tussauds Museum posing oh, together. It was kind of like when the Jacksons tried to make a comeback. What was that? Like the mid eighties or whatever. And they yeah. couldn't get Michael to appear in the video. So they just put Michael's wax dummy in the video. It, it was kind of like that. Classic. That's classic. So, so, so Dexter, how about you? Any, anything that you go back to and think of like a moment, like I just did any, 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 oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I'm a comic artist, so I, I go, I, you know, I go to a lot of comic book conventions and stuff like that. And one of the highlights, me and my friend Steve, we always say is, you know, we'll be waiting in line for something to get in or whatever, or to meet a celebrity. And there's always some sort of argument, like of, of who the best doctor is, you know, like, and we just like, you know, we, we get a big giggle out of it. So I'm curious, Andrew, who, who's the best doctor? There you go. You know, uh... I get that. Good question. It's like asking me to choose between my children. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, I hope you don't love your children that little. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, you know, from the classic era, Tom Baker, just because he was my doctor, he was my first doctor. 
from New Who, uh, I got to say it's David Tennant, although Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi are both very close behind. Uh, David Tennant, who has just returned as the 14th Doctor, um, his performance, what he brings to the show is just unmatched at this point. So, so that's why I would go back and that uh, because I'm interested in these actors, you know, I love both of those. I love Matt Smith and I love uh, I, and I love David Tennant. I thought, you know, of uh, those Marvel shows were pretty bad that Netflix had or at least some of them were enough. Daredevil was OK, but I thought Jessica Jones would have been unwatchable if it wasn't for David Tennant. I thought he was brilliant. Oh, He was so yeah. great in that. Yeah. I mean, so good. That makes me want to watch Doctor Who because and I, I, I'm just so enthralled with Matt Smith. So this makes me uh, interested in it. So how about this? There's a list here and, and we'll go through the top. Uh, these are the doctors ranked, just like we did the Godzilla movies rank. We talk about who the best doctors are. This is a list um, uh, that I found. So number 15 is, a, is a, for some reason, I remember this guy, Peter Davison. Uh, they have him as the worst doctor. <laughs> really? That surprises me. Um, they said he's known for a sprig of celery on his lapel and his breathlessness. Um, uh, but uh, apparently uh, the t- he had the unenviable task of replacing Tom Baker, and that proved to be a problem. Right, right, right. I am honestly shocked that he is the last one on that list because uh, the one that followed him was the one that at the time nobody liked. Oh, OK. Well, and, okay. I, so I'm guessing number 14 is Colin Baker. Correct. And is he any relation to Tom Baker? No, no relation whatsoever. Because uh, hair and the last name. Yeah, pretty pretty much that's it. Uh, basically, uh, Colin Baker's, first of all, he looked ridiculous with his multicolored coat. It was like uh, a <laughs> Yeah. But, but second of all, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on our podcast, uh, he played the doctor as a dick. Um, <laughs> just constantly whatever. rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, he did have one series uh, called Trial of a Time Lord. It's kind of a slog to get through, but I thought it was pretty well written. Uh, but yeah, all right. So keep going. I'm curious as to where this is going. Sometimes dick superheroes can be great. Like Guy Gardner uh, was a great Green Lantern, but he was a dick. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, uh, William Hartnell is 13, the original. Ah, oh, come on. That's not right. Really? <laughs> Well, you know what? He was much like Colin Baker. He was an irascible old man. Um, the show was originally conceived as a way for kids to learn things about history. Uh, but during Hartnell's tenure as doctor is when the Daleks were first introduced. And once the Daleks were introduced, it became a phenomenon. Well, they said that he's a very different doctor compared to the other doctors because it was. Oh, the- yes. The second doctor, and we'll get to him in a little bit, was the one who basically served as the core of the personality for all of the doctors to come, and that the and that the original didn't really do that as much. That was their argument here. So I don't know. Gotcha. If that's, mm-hmm. uh, number twelve, Jodie Whittaker, the, uh, the 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 only female doctor uh, from the new series. Now I could see Jodie Whittaker being low on the list, but again, I don't think it's any fault of hers. She is an absolutely brilliant actress she actually was in a show with david tennant called uh broad church um about a uh, murder mystery that takes place in a small english town and uh I, jody whitaker's era as the doctor was plagued by poor writing poor show running no fault of her own 
Mm. All right. Now, this is another reason why I would want to watch Doctor Who, because the uh, the next one is another great actor. Uh, he was uh, in some movies, Anthony uh, and Dexter. Uh, maybe all of you would know. I, I loved him as King Lear. I loved him. Uh, he played, did some other Shakespeare stuff, but uh, probably all of us know him from the sci-fi world from 28 Days Later. And it's Christopher um, uh, Cleston, a, a fantastic actor. Yeah, He is the man that brought Doctor Who back to the world. He, he It was his... Uh, it was his uh, portrayal of the doctor that made the doctor popular and famous again back in 2005. So again, I don't know where I would rank these uh, folks, but I think that's a low rank for him as well. I mean, Eccleston in uh, 28 Days Later was a great character. So I, I think that's what helps the, the newer. Are you, are you uh, back, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. Did I go out for a second? There you go. Yeah, you're gone. So what were you saying? Uh, so it was. I think their argument here is that he only did one season and we needed more. Yeah, well, that's definitely true. But uh, but he was the template for what made the doctor popular again in, in today. So I, I think that's a little unfair. Andrew, uh, wasn't there some controversy why he left? The, there was, there was, there was some sort of disagreement between him and the BBC or him and Russell T. Davies, who was the showrunner. I'm not exactly sure what it was. I don't tend to get interested in that sort of drama. But I think one season of Eccleston was was a little bit criminal. I, I mean, as much as I love David Tennant, who followed him up, I would have loved to have seen a little more of Eccleston as the doctor. Here's another reason I would watch. One of my favorite actors of all time, John Hurt was a doctor. John Hurt. So he was inserted after the fact. So um, I mentioned earlier the time war where uh, the doctor had to make the choice to destroy his own people and uh, destroy the enemies and everything to prevent the universe from be being torn apart. So John Hurt's version of the doctor was known as the war doctor. And he was the one that actually uh, had to do that terrible, despicable, but necessary act. The cool thing is, is that when they introduced John Hurt's doctor, it was for the 50th anniversary 10 years ago. And it got to show us that day in his life and how ultimately, along with the help of the 10th and 11th doctors, he was able to correct it. Wow, cool. So he was in both anniversary specials called The Day of the Doctor and The Time of the Doctor. Wow. So that makes me, uh, so see, you're you're starting to convince me. Dexter, you're starting to think this is going to be... Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, it's it, it sounds pretty convincing. Yeah. I wanted to ask, too, did, did, doctor, like, did the doctors have sidekicks? Because everyone was always raving about... Uh, oh, yeah, Rose, companions. You know, like, like Billy Piper, who plays Rose or something? Yes, the doctor typically travels with a companion or an entourage, and that's a whole... Another subject of all the companions. There are favorites among those, uh, ones that people couldn't stand. That I mean, you could talk for an hour about the companions as well. Famous actors that were companions that that we would know. Uh, let me. Oh, yeah, the, the Nebula. Uh, what's her name? The, um, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what's her name? Karen Gillan. Yeah. Uh, oh great. wow. Yeah. yeah. She she was companion to uh, Matt Smith's eleventh Doctor. Oh, uh, that she really played Amy Pond. All right, number nine was Joe Martin. I uh, there's another female. I didn't know that. You know, uh, 
He was in two I, episodes of uh, season 12 of the new series, The Fugitive of the Jadoon and The Timeless Children. But apparently uh, uh, she surprised everyone as a, a kind hearted tour guide uh, who was then, uh, all of a sudden is a, a doctor. But I, I guess uh, I guess she made an impression on this list. See, I don't think she counts. Okay. I don't. Okay. Number eight was Sylvester McCoy uh, uh, from uh, classic series toward the end of it, 24 to 26 of seeds of the classic series. So Sylvester McCoy's doctor always presented himself as a friendly gentleman, uh, always willing to help out. But the cool thing about him, like he always had a magic trick or something on hand to, to that made him look like this friendly, pleasant person, but he always had this underlying sinister intent. Uh yeah. He had one of the best companions in uh, Ace, uh, who was a teenage blonde haired girl about my age, uh, who uh, carried uh, explosives with her, Nitro 9, and in one episode had an enchanted aluminum baseball bat that he would, that she would beat Daleks to death with. Um, <laughs> and But there was always like this underlying thing where you could tell that the seventh doctor was always willing to sacrifice Ace for the greater good without her knowledge. So yeah, that, that was, that was a little dark turn for Dr. Who uh, at one point. All right. Number seven, Paul McGann was just in the TV movie. Yes. And he's the one that did all the radio specials. There's a rumor right now that uh, they are going to be doing a Dr. Who spinoff series featuring his adventures at the, as the eighth doctor. So the last time uh, he played him for more than five minutes on the screen was in 1996. And now you may finally get his own series. That's cool. Six, David Tennant. How great is it? <laughs> David, David Tennant, there's just no comparison. There really isn't. Uh, and it comes from the fact that he is a fan. Uh, he is a Doctor Who fan through and through, just like me, watch Tom Baker and Peter Davison in the 70s and 80s <laughs> and um, basically grew up to have his dream come true. Peter Davis in the fifth doctor was his doctor. Not only did he end up playing the doctor, but he ended up marrying Peter De Davison's daughter in real life. <laughs> oh, that's, that's crazy. That's like Nick Cage uh, dating uh, Elvis's daughter. You know, that's kind of, kind of, kind of uh, right. Uh, all right. After David Tennant, number five, John Pertwee. You never heard? Oh, I, 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 I know him from seeing him, but I never knew his name, but I love his jacket. So uh, that's when the Doctor Who turned to color, uh, if you had a color TV at the time. Mm. At this point, uh, John Pertwee's Doctor, uh, they got away from the travel because he was exiled and stuck on Earth. And... Um, <laughs> they turned the doctor almost into a secret agent James Bond type character at this point. Oh, I might like that. Number four, Peter Capaldi uh, from the new series, uh, seasons eight to 10. Another actor I really like. So Peter Capaldi definitely deserves to be high on the list. I'll be honest. I'm surprised that he is though. Uh, just because that's when Dr. Who, the new who started to fall apart a little bit was around the beginning of Peter Capaldi's tenure. Um, and it, it's just like Peter Davison following Tom Baker. Uh, Peter Capaldi had to follow Matt Smith, and that was a tough act to follow. But he was brilliant as the, as the doctor. And another great thing, he was another person who was a fan when he was younger. 
And that's another uh, segue because Matt Smith is number three. We, we already know your thoughts on that. Number two is Tom Baker. Uh, uh, your thoughts on that. And the number one uh, is uh, number two, Patrick Troutman, who, who, like I said, doctor number two, uh, who looks a lot in the picture I see here like Ben Kingsley for some reason. But uh, uh, but but where are you with uh, with with uh, Troutman being number one, which kind of might surprise some people considering Tom Baker is always considered to be that guy. Now, that is shocking. I expected Patrick Trout to be much, much lower on the list. I actually enjoy him quite a bit. He's kind of a hapless clown type character. But what made uh, Patrick Trout's doctor great was he had great chemistry with his companions. Uh, he had, um, what was the name? Jamie, who was a Scottish Highlander, played by Jamie McCrimmon. And Zoe, who was played by Wendy Padbury, who was like the super intelligent girl from the future. And the three of them had this interesting dynamic, the way they played off of each other, which was really the most entertaining part about the second Doctor's episodes. Uh, but most people do not prefer Patrick Troughton. In my experience, I'm shocked that he's number one on this list. Their their whole argument is that, uh, except for Hartnell, all of the actors who have played the Doctor owe a tremendous debt to him. That's what they say. That's what I was really. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So that's the all right. So uh, we're going to wrap this part of it up and then get to uh, one other part of the Doctor, which is what's new. But uh, uh, I want you to rank the top three Doctors, uh, Andrew. Who are they? Oh, uh, uh, in no particular order, Tom Baker. Uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith. It's got to be those three. All right, Anthony. Um, do you want to be the guy that's telling uh, uh telling people what's new in the whole Doctor Hooniverse? Besides uh, the movies that are coming out on Disney Plus. So there's three movies coming out on Disney Plus. One just came out on Saturday. They they what what Doctor was it? I guess it's the 14th Doctor who was also the eighth Doctor. The uh, 14th Doctor who was also the tenth. Nice uh, and confusing. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. You know, it's a good starting point for for new people um, to a certain extent because it, it kind of, um, even though there's a lot of story, it's easy to understand it if you've never watched it. Because we, I did have my son start watching that uh, as an introduction to the tenth and fourth. You, you told me not to watch it. You told me to to, to go back to 2005 if I want to like it. Yeah, but he's already watched a few of them, right? So he's watched some of them, but it's a new okay. introduction to the to, to the tenth slash fourteenth Doctor. Okay. He's only he's only watched Eccleston. This is the first introduction to someone who wasn't Eccleston. Mm. Um, but he carries so, a lot of the traits. It's on Disney and HBO simultaneously. That's odd. It's got a high. Well, no, it's only on Disney. So Disney. Oh. Oh, okay. The season fifteen onward is on Disney Plus, and and uh, and Andrew, would you say that the production quality is much higher? Oh of yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, you know, I think they gave us a little bit of false advertising with the new sixtieth anniversary special, though, where they kept saying that this is the perfect jumping on point for anybody who wants to get get into Doctor Who. Uh, that is absolutely not the case. Um, you see. The, uh, what 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 happened was the story of Doctor and his main of the Doctor and his main companion in the new show Donna. Uh, they wrapped that storyline up so much back in two thousand and uh, what was it two thousand nine two thousand ten that they had to unravel what they wrapped up. And there's a lot of history of things that happened there that you really kind of 
had to understand going into it. So I think it was a little bit of false advertising. Why did they go back to this doctor? Was it to, to be because of what happened with Jody Whitaker? And the, the exactly. Uh, there. So with uh, Peter Capaldi's later days, and then with Jody Whitaker, the show kind of fell apart as far as the writing goes, and they are attempting to gain back that fan base that they had when Doctor Who was at its highest with David Tennant and Matt Smith. So that's why they're going back to this. They also brought back the original showrunner Russell T Davies trying to get everybody to come back into it for these three 60th anniversary specials just in time for the 15th doctor played by uh, I'm crapping out on his name. It's it's a, uh, but it, it'll be the first time uh, an African-American man or African-American man. He's a, he's British. First time a black guy has played the doctor. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, so who will be, uh, so that'll be the what? The 15th doctor. Yep. All right. They well, usually I don't cycle through them this fast. I couldn't pronounce his name, but it's uh, Nakuti Gatwa, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I think the uh, first name is actually pronounced Chuti Gawa or okay. something like All that. Right. He's got a lot of personality. He he really does remind me of Eccleston. He's got a, a lot of charm. They're definitely going for a, 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 a more lighthearted, uh, funnier version of the Doctor, which I think is a so good So there's answer. three Disney Plus 60th anniversary specials and that will introduce this new Doctor. And then yep. it's going to do what? Uh, it's going to continue with another season on where it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to continue with another season I, that I think is starting in April. I'm not sure. And I think that is also going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah, okay. Disney got the rights for the next few seasons. So we're going to be seeing. And it's good because it does help with the production values tremendously. And yes. David Tennant is kind of just going to pass on the, the mantle. Is that what's going to happen here? So he'll disappear? Is that what, again? So, so part of the storyline that's going on right now is why did this face come back? Why and how did this face? Because the doctor typically doesn't reappear as an old actor, you know, because so why did this happen this particular time? So that's what we're eventually going to find out in the 360th anniversary specials. And have we ever seen a doctor come back as a doctor again? Uh, well, uh, technically, technically, I suppose. Um, the 50th uh, anniversary, the, they can meet other doctors because they can jump around in time. Yeah. So the 50th anniversary special was the return of Dom, Tom Baker to Doctor Who finally. He showed up at the end of the episode as the curator of a museum and Matt Smith's 11th doctor recognized him and says, I never forget a face. And Tom Baker responds by saying, Oh, I know you don't. As a matter of fact, you may find yourself returning to some of the old favorites occasionally. Wow. Well, uh, so let me ask you this. So has the, but, but he's being known as the 10th and the 14th doctor. Has that ever been done before where they, no, no, that's never been done. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they're doing that this time. Well, anyway, uh, so that's where we're at. New new seasons, uh, new specials on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so if you're a Doctor Who fan, just like if you were a Godzilla fan in our last episode, sounds like a good time to be a, a Doctor Who fan. Uh, oh, it's such Doctor a great time to be a Doctor Who fan. I, I will say this. I will say this, Scott, and this is to Scott and Dexter and, and people who haven't watched Doctor Who. This is a silly show. Like, this is not a show that... that... But not always. Well... You know, it's one of those things I've been saying in some of the other podcasts we've done. It's like a lot of modern society is so oh, hell-bent on, on just being negative about everything and not having a good time. If you cannot have a good time, if you can't let go of certain things, uh, this doesn't look realistic or this looks too silly, don't even try to watch it. 
this you know, is not trying to impress you with its budget and it's it's intentionally just fun. So Scott, you were you were asking where should you start? And absolutely it's 2005 with Christopher Eccleston's doctor, but uh I've been asked before if if uh there was one episode of Doctor Who that somebody who's never watched it should see what is it? And I'm going to tell you right now. Go to the current Doctor's season three. It's the uh, uh, it's almost towards the end of the series. It's an episode called Blink, and you there's very little that you need to know to go into this episode. Just that the Doctor is a time traveler, and the funny thing is, is that David Tennant's Doctor is hardly in this episode, but it is one of the most brilliantly written episodes of the series ever and you can go into this episode with no other information uh i highly recommend that you just check out that one episode all right before we move on uh you guys know my biggest relation to uh from from what i've told you in the past on the podcast and what my big passion is you know what my most uh, re biggest relationship with doctor who is going to be right what oh of course pinball <laughs> pinball machine. There's an awesome Doctor Who pinball machine that, so for some reason, back where I grew up in Scranton, it's a huge Doctor Who area. They've had conventions there. Like I said, my neighbors were all, Doctor Who is huge back home where I grew up. And that's the only place that I have ever found a Doctor Who pinball machine. It was made 30 years ago. Uh, yep. And the one that's in Scranton is like pristine condition. So I got to play it around uh, uh, Halloween uh, when I was back there. Uh, there weren't that many made. Uh, the first 100 of them had a Dalek topper that the one in Scranton has that moves and turns side to side while the uh, when the robots uh, speak. And it and it basically t uh, encompasses seven uh, the first seven doctors. Uh, it's so cool. So it is a very difficult machine, a very fun machine. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, I think, you know, if you're ever driving through Scranton, stop and play uh, Doctor Who pinball, because I was there, there's, there's some really tough, interesting shots, but you'll love it. Just the glass of it, you know, is awesome. Uh, uh, Andrew, you, you would want the glass to frame uh, and put it in, in, in to, and have it as a piece of art. So do a, a Google search for Dr. Pinball and you'll see that Tom Baker is front and center with the other doctors uh, surrounding him and the Daleks behind him. Uh, but it's a really fun, great pinball machine. But the art of it is is really awesome. I think you're, you're gonna the strange thing is, I'm, I believe Bally produced that pinball machine the year after Dr. Who was canceled. <laughs> well, it must yeah. have been production already. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But guess what? Uh, as you know, Doctor Who never goes away. Obviously, right? So yes. uh, we're onto something. But I'll tell you, have you, you ever played it? Anybody? Anybody ever play it? I no, remember right? playing it a long time ago. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell yeah, you some tough shots on there. Sounds like you should own that, Andrew. Uh, that you're. Yeah. A <laughs> Who has the room? <laughs> you should Whovian. <laughs> us over to play it i think that would be uh, a home run all right guys uh we're gonna do this in five minutes we're or, or less we're gonna end the show like we always try to uh telling you what to watch or what to avoid uh and uh, we started with anthony last time so let's go the opposite way andrew uh who's been the star of the show today and andrew you did such a great job getting uh people invested and really interested in doctor who i want to thank you for uh how great you were today so we'll let oh, you thanks. i appreciate that uh, tell us what to watch and avoid or avoid Oh, should I start? Um, yeah, start. Yep. 
Well, obviously, going with the theme of the show, go over to Disney+. Plus. Check out the Doctor Who 60th anniversary special, the first one that came out this week. Now, I will say that the episode was very good, but not great. Um, the thing with the 10th Doctor, uh, along with Catherine Tate, who reappears in this show, the two of them have episodes that are legendary. Like I said, you could watch them over and over again, like your favorite movies. This wasn't one of them, but I think it's because they had to reestablish why they're back together again. And the one that's coming out this Saturday and the following Saturday, I think are going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I think those are going to be those repeat view episodes when they finally come out. Very cool. All right. How about you, uh, Dexter? What do you got on the list? Uh, well, I don't want to steal anyone's thunder, but uh, I'm looking forward to Dune too. I mean, um, I was a little disappointed that it got pushed back because of the, the, the Hollywood strike and everything, but uh, I'm kind of glad because it gives me something to look forward to in 2024. So uh, yeah, Dune 2 is going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. March 15th. And uh, I think that's, uh, I'm with you, brother. I, I, I'm a little disappointed, but at the same time, you know what? A lot of good stuff's in theaters right now, including uh, the Godzilla flick and some other things that I'm looking forward to. So uh, maybe in March, it'll be a dead zone. It'll be a, a welcome, uh, a welcome addition to uh, 24. I'm with you. All right, Anthony, what do you got, buddy? I have a book, a book. Wow. You read? I, I read a book. <laughs> I read many, many books, um, and I think the the book that people should know about is Alien Three by William Gibson. Uh, it's actually it's an unproduced screenplay as a sequel to Aliens. Um, and and Dex, have you read it? I have not, but I've definitely wait, heard wait, wait, wait about it. So. Are are you talking about Neuromancer, William Gibson? William Gibson wrote the original draft to the sequel to Aliens. And I did not know that. Why yeah. they didn't make this movie is just I will I it is going to be one of the greatest mysteries of science fiction. It is fantastic. It I don't want to give anything away because it 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 definitely must be read because there's they change the alien and expand it in a way that really adds to the lore. Um, Pat Cadigan, a science fiction writer, cleaned up the screenplay, and made it into a novel, which was released. Uh, uh, I think it was last year or the year before last year. So it's, it's, it's a new book, but it is an old screenplay. It's your original screenplay. And in the screenplay, it, it has, uh, it, it continues as if Alien 2, Alien the, 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 the sequel to Aliens, Alien 3, never happened, right? So yeah. in this book, I, I will give you a little bit of the setup. Um, it's more centered around Hicks than it is Ripley. And oh, in this wow. book, they, they put Ripley aside Um and really, it's almost like it's, I would call it almost Aliens two and a half, because conceivably Aliens, the movie three could still happen. You got to read the book, but it's more about Hicks and it's more about an evolution of the alien uh, and, and how it could change. And it is, they should have made this into a film because it really, really would have been popular. You can find it on Amazon and they did an audio play on Audible which brought back some of the original cast, including Michael Bain wow. um, and the actor who played, Lance Henriksen, who played um, um, Bishop. Bishop. Yeah, and Bishop. they have wow. sound alikes uh, that are really, really good that sound like Ripley. Um, but the fact that no one knew that William Gibson, including myself and Dex, wrote the original screenplay to Alien 3 is shocking. The fact that they didn't make this great story yeah, instead of the one we got. Yeah. The trash that we ended up with. 
is yeah. even more shocking. That is astonishing. I, I ordered it while you were speaking. Yeah, that, that's a good Christmas You see the present. reviews, right? You see the reviews. It's pretty, yes. It's oh, I haven't heard one bad thing about it. I've heard all good things about it. That's definitely a Christmas present for me. So, yeah, I'm putting that in my cart. He also wrote Johnny Mnemonic, too. I don't know if you guys knew that. Like, I Oh, know. yeah, I remember that. Well, yeah, he, he wrote a lot. I mean, Neuromancer, I mean, he's a major science fiction god. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And if you haven't read Neuromancer, you should. Okay. The, the, the key uh, thing here is, the key uh, thing here is, is that it does expand the lore. I'm talking to Dex here, the, the, the resident uh, alien nut. Um, yes. In a way that I have never seen before, that is very different than what the movies have done, that makes the aliens even scarier. Um, and I do think that, God, I can't give it away, but it, it, you're in for a treat. I will read it. Yes, I will read it. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll end with, uh, I'll, I'll stay to the theme. I'm going to recommend the only thing that I basically ever saw in its entirety that related to Doctor Who, and that's Doctor Who and the Daleks, a 1965 movie uh, where <laughs> some reason Peter Cushing was the doctor. And even though the series already started, uh, Peter Cushing, who was a huge star at the time, he was playing in a lot of those uh, Hammer movies, uh, whether he was Dracula, whether he was uh, whatever he was, you know, he played in all those movies, but he was a big actor at the time. But here's my question to you, and then I'll tell you why I liked it. Why is Peter Cushing the doctor when the series already started and uh, already had a doctor? Any idea why they didn't just make a big Doctor Who movie with that, with that, with the doctor that already existed? Oh, William Hartnell would never have been able to do uh film a movie the thing is is that william hartnell was not that old when he was in his 50s he looked like he was 90 um and, and plus the the star attraction of peter cushing but the peter cushing movies as fun as they are are not considered doctor who canon ah well i'll tell you what well that i think they're fun i think it, it's exactly what i remember seeing when i was like say uh you know 10 years old uh and i would go to this little theater back in my hometown and that would be like a saturday matinee movie you know it was weird it was a little quirky it was fun it was sci-fi it's uh, it would play probably right after a bad godzilla movie and that's what i kind of liked about this it's it's weird it's quirky it's not great looking but it's kind of like you know mystery science theater 3000 but not as bad yeah. Uh, it's like it's just a fun little quirky movie. I thought Peter Cushing is way is is serious in it as the doctor, but maybe too serious. But that's kind of the fun of it. You know what I mean? And I, if I remember, there's a little boy in it. Uh, yeah, that, a boy and a girl. Yeah, and a girl. Yeah. And it's just a, it's just a cool little sci-fi movie. And apparently there was a sequel to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, something uh, uh, Earth, oh, Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 that's supposedly better than this one. I didn't see that, so I can't tell you about it, but sounds like a good matinee double bill to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that theater that you described, that sounds like my kind of place, man. Yeah, it was, uh, we had balconies and everything, you know, that I like uh, little, little, little opera boxes, you know, like that kind of theater. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's where I remember seeing Jaws in there when I was a kid. That's where I saw uh. Nice. All right. So uh, we're not sure what episode four will be like, but I guarantee it'll be entertaining, fun, uh, and and not and, and and hopefully not pretentious. We try to uh, uh, try to keep things fun and lighthearted. And uh, and and I think uh, Andrew, you did a great job today. Uh, and uh, who knows what our next episode will be? But I guarantee it'll be fun and entertaining. Until then, have a great, great week, month, whenever we decide to do another one. But I guarantee you, it'll be fun. We'll see you then.